If you are bullying in front of them, one another, you're showing that's normal to bully one another and that self-respect and respecting another. And also it's that self-centeredness kind of gets reinforced. So you gotta be careful what lessons you wanna teach. From the sunny palms of Los Angeles, this is Bully Buster, the podcast where Rhonda Orr speaks with guests battling the bully culture. Listen to real stories and find real solutions using Rhonda's Triangle of Triumph, going from victim to survivor to leader. Rhonda is an award-winning executive trainer, columnist, and speaker. She's also served as the founder of two nonprofits addressing child abuse and bullying. Now, here's Rhonda. Welcome back. On this episode number two, my guest, Dr. Sherry L. McDonald, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and an author. Recently, she published her latest book called Heal Your Trauma, Heal Your Marriage. And it is fantastic, by the way. Dr. Sherry practices in Westlake Village, California. And Dr. Sherry, as she is called in our columns, Dear Rhonda and Dr. Sherry, is talking to me today about how trauma affects not only our brains, but it affects our bodies and how we can work to create balance and heal our body's trauma. Remember, the left side of the brain is the logical and academic side. So the two L's, left logical. And the right side is the creative, artistic side of our brain. Dr. Sherry further talks about how PTSD, which means post-traumatic stress disorder, needs EMDR treatment. And that you probably haven't heard as much. It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. There's not a test at the end, don't worry. It's not really complicated when we discuss it. Dr. Sherry is very real and and down to earth. I've experienced PTSD and EMDR treatment, and I can attest to the power that this process gives. And actually, I also worked with over 70 girls in an all-therapeutic all-girls boarding school. I mean, there were eight therapists there every day. So many of these girls went through and got all of the positive benefits of EMDR. It was amazing, truly. We also go into parental bullying in front of their daughters, sexual abuse, woundology, and mostly creating joy. And Dr. Sherry McDonald joins me now. Thanks for being on Bully Buster today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you. As a trauma recovery specialist, why and how do you merge the left and the right brain memory? Well, one of the best techniques that I recommend is a combination of, one, being aware that there's that need right? We have to have that awareness. And that one of the quickest way of merging the two as in, at the same time, calming the nervous system is what they call binary movement. And that is one of the greatest ways is walking. If we take a walk 
And we are doing the binary movement with walking one foot after the other. And science is showing that that calms the rational brain when it is in that high anxiety, rumination, stuck in like a, a record, you know, with a stuck in a, in a scratch and it just skips and skips and skips. And it calms that part of the brain down and it opens up the creative imagination. And when we have our creative imaginations opening up, we can ha start having future orientation. We can have problem re um, resolution. We can see it, things from a completely different paradigm. So, so simple walking is wonderful. Well, you know, that's so exciting because now I know that walking with my husband in the morning is much more than walking with my husband. So I'm actually participating in healing. Right. Very much so. In your book, Heal Your Trauma, Heal Your Marriage, does everyone have trauma? Science is showing how this is great is that yes. Um, is the answer, if you will. Wow. Once the doctor cuts the umbilical cord, we are abandoned by our mother's birth is very traumatizing for us. So a mom raising her daughter, she has had trauma, but it just depends on the type of level of trauma that she has. And so let's say she passes that trauma along to her daughter. What does she do about that? Well, again, I don't know if we can really pass that trauma along to another. Our trauma is our trauma. Okay. We may not have the coping skills. And so this is where self-awareness comes into the picture. If we own our stuff, our children, children are so adaptable and they just need to know it's not about them. So, so if we just say, I struggle in this area because of my life experiences, I don't know how to solve this for you. I'm sorry. I yell because I, I you know, I didn't, didn't learn other ways to handle stress. So I'm working on it. Please help mommy with this. That'd be a good example. Okay. And also it's about just building that rapport. And um, we, we may not solve the problem in the moment, but if the daughter knows uh, that when they're ready, that they're still in, can have that rapport with her parent, especially a mom then that's the first go-to. You don't want to sever that, that bond. So in your book, it talks about awakening your truth. Isn't truth an absolute? Yes. Everyone's truth is based on their core beliefs as well as there's the ultimate truth. You know, I believe there's ultimate truth. Not everyone believes there's ultimate truth, but, but we all have our own individual truths that are really core beliefs to us. And we want to stay true to that. And so could that change and evolve? Yes. With our life experience, with our what's taught to us, we learn, epiphanies. So, so we can, we can evolve in, into more uh, perfected truth. When we talk about trauma, I think of something that is so severe. And I, I had a problem with some people saying, well, you know, somebody looked at me the wrong way. To me, that is not sexual abuse. I mean, it's a bad thing and it's not liked, but it is not, it doesn't have the severity of, hey, wait a minute, you know, I was sexually abused from age three to nine. That is true trauma. And so when, when we're trying to figure out how our children, um, and especially moms with daughters, how to talk to them about sexual abuse, how do we communicate with them that not everything is trauma, severe trauma, I guess. Well, I think that, you know, everything is relative. Okay. And so I think we acknowledge that everything is relative and we only know our experiences. And within those experiences, again, I'm a strong component of 
teaching the law of opposition because I think that's what life's about. We don't really know joy unless we've had some pain. Pain teaches us to strive for joy. So, so um, life experiences, you could say life is traumatic then. And life is not meant to be traumatic. Life is meant to, I think, to be joyous and to evolving and to learning. And so, um, so and I do think words matter. We can choose to use, use the word trauma, but then that does that, what does that do to our brain? It fires off warning, warning, danger, danger. And we're in this hypervigilant state all the time because we're, because we see life through trauma eyes versus I've had some ups and downs. I've had some, you know, maybe some bad things happen to me. I've, you know, I know opposition, you know, and I think words matter. They empower us. And, and then we can embrace our free choice. You can use the word trauma, but that's going to keep you in that traumatic state. One, I think one of the, one of the epidemics more than a pandemic of today's society is that we like to carry our wounds around. It's called woundology. We describe ourselves within our wounds. We even say we're an ex-smoker rather than a non-smoker. We're, we're, we're a child of an alcoholic rather than I'm, you know, I'm Rhonda, you know, and yes, my dad was an alcoholic. You know, um, that, that it, it's, it's how we say things matter. I love what you just said because it took me almost my whole life to find out that I did not have to stay a victim, but nevertheless, they're a victim. And I think a lot of moms don't know how to make that choice for their own self. What would you say to them? I agree. I don't think people really understand the power of words and they don't hear their talk. A lot of the trauma would be conditioning. We're born in an environment and this, this bubble and we only know what we know. We just aren't curious. And this is where we go back from the very beginning, I think, to binary movement, when we consciously make effort to quiet that whirlings of the mind, and we be curious, and we seek for, I call inspiration. I know that in addition to talking about trauma, you talk about PTSD. So I'm assuming if everyone has trauma, on some level, everyone has PTSD. However, I've had PTSD and I've also had EMDR. How does using EMDR, first of all, what is it? And how does using that in your practice change someone's brain so that they can function better? Again, EMDR is a strong component for binary movement. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're putting your eyes like in the REMS um, motion where they go back and forth. And, and what they say, what science says, is that it opens up the neural pathways in the brain. The brain is, you know, if the trauma brain, they describe it in three parts, you know, just to simplify it for us to be able to use. And we have, we're born with this reptile brain. And, um, and the reptile brain is, is when danger comes, we, we freeze. Um, a baby can't get up and run. A baby can't, you know, can't really fight either. And so we freeze like a lizard and, um, and we seek relief from that pain, from pain to pleasure. And if we don't develop out of that and into our emotional brain and our rational brain and we stay there, that's where a lot of addictions reside. It's our addictive brain. It goes to what seeks immediate gratification. But as we evolve, then we have the emotional brain and we can add the components of fight and flight. We have anxiety, depression, joy, sadness, but we can. We also can use the choice of, okay, now I can, I have three choices. I can freeze, I can fight, I can flee. And then as we grow, by time age 26, we get the, we get the rational brain, the prefrontal cortex are fully, fully formed, and we can use that, that rational thought process to manage our emotions, to make the choice, the correct choice in that maturation process. I know I don't always have the maturity to stop from, 
flipping my lid, even, even though for the most part, I have, you know, gone through the stages of the reptile brain, the emotional brain. And I think that I have this rational brain. But if, if my husband triggers me in regard to my past experiences, even though I've trained my brain, it seems that I don't always control flipping my lid, so to speak, and having the amygdala or the, the emotional part of the brain take over. What would you say to a mom when she's arguing with her daughter how to deal with that? Again, that self-awareness is work. And this is why I really, really, really am a strong proponent of, of um, a, a daily ritual, a daily routine and practice to help ground us and create a foundation for keeping that self-awareness. When we're aware, then we can plan ahead on how we're going to handle difficult times, such as when our emotions take over, that we have the wherewithal to say, I need time out. I need to come out and I'll come back and discuss this when my emotions are not overtaking my intellect, when I can be more clear what I'm really feeling um, and so that you understand why I'm so strong about this, whatever the course is. Also, I think a lot of mercy. You know, we're human beings. We're human beings. And so we need to have a lot of self-forgiveness and realize that, that life happens and we lose it and, and just come back and own it. Again, I, like I said, kids are so... They're, you know, they're so forgiving, really. And if we just like, that was my bad. You know, I shouldn't have lost my temper. I should have, you know, taken a breath. I should have asked for a timeout. You know, I should have said that those words. You know, I really meant this. I think that that's, that's where it comes to owning our stuff. But we have to have that self-awareness to know that it really is us. Otherwise, we're not sincere. Well, I'm wondering when couples who have, let's say, a daughter, if they are bullying each other, what happens in the relationship to the child of bullying parents? This is probably a hard one because as parents, I think we like to get delusional that we're not being watched and we're not being heard and we're not, you know, creating patterns. But this is where the conditioning comes in. You know, our kids only know what they know. And so we're modeling for them what is normal. And, and so if you are bullying in front of them, one another, you're showing that's normal to bully one another and that self-respect and respecting another. And also it's that self-centeredness kind of gets reinforced. So you gotta be careful what lessons you wanna teach. And this is where, again, I go back to taking that time for whether you wanna call it mindfulness and reflection on a daily basis, you can then catch it pretty fast. Like, oh gosh, yesterday was a bad day. I didn't realize that we, that we did this. I gotta go repair, I gotta go address this with my daughter because she watched us have this fight. And she, I don't, this is not a pattern I want her to have. I want her to see this as a bad situation, not a life pattern. That is perfect. I think a lot of what you're saying is in your book, you talk about rituals and symbolic steps, and you are giving moms or moms and dads, you, you zero in on married couples, and obviously one without the other makes it very challenging to raise a daughter. If the mom, goes through the rituals and the steps, many of which you've already mentioned, and your daughter comes to you and says, oh, they didn't invite me to a party again, or I tried to sit with them at lunch. She used to be my best friend, and now she's not. What I have found in writing the Dear Rhonda and Dr. Sherry columns with you is that is one of the worst 
types of bullying that happens to someone is to be ostracized. And I know having been ostracized many times, unfortunately, by my family members, that it is, it just shocks your sensibilities. So when the daughter says, you know, they're doing these things to you, what I have found is most parents will say, just ignore them, find new friends. It's not that easy, is it? No, I I don't think it is easy, but I would begin. Life is not necessarily easy. Um, We, and we are built to do the hard. And so, so we may not know that we can, you know, how much we can handle, but we're built to do the hard and ostracization. And there's two kinds of crimes. There's commissions and omissions. And so when someone offends you with an omission and ostracizes you, it's one, feel the, feel the grief. It's a loss. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times we, we just push away the losses and they build up in different ways and come out in different ways. And I think that's the core of unresolved grief is the core of mental illness. So we want to resolve the griefs. Acknowledge the loss. It's, it's, it's a bummer and it's a heartbreak. And then it's information. It's information that, okay, these really aren't, not, aren't my people. I thought they were, but they're not my people. And now it's the time to really reevaluate, okay, what kind of friends do I want? What kind of people do I want to surround myself with? And Allison, you're not going to want to do this, but you can. So I think you, you just reframe it as information and a really sad time, cry it out, and you can do hard, and let's pull our pants up, and let's figure out a way to regroup, and remind them not they're not alone in this. They don't want mom there, but they can cry on mom's shoulders, and they can kind of brainstorm with her if they're willing to. If you keep that rapport, a lot of times, they love that part, so, but I wouldn't sugarcoat it, and I wouldn't, you know, and make them a bad person, just like they, you know, things happen for a reason. It goes right along with the triangle of triumph, which is my journey, going from victim to survivor to leader. And in that victimhood part, what you said about grieving, I agree, I agree with you, that if we do not go through grieving, we are, we are going to stay stuck as a victim. So you have all those components in this book for married couples. Really, it trickles down in helping daughters, of course. What would you say is the best reason for married couples to go through your program or read your book, Heal Your Trauma, Heal Your Marriage? I just think that it goes back to the basics when we take time to reflect on how come we even chose our mate and how come we chose, you know, take responsibility for choosing to be married. It starts with us and how we define a marriage. And if something's not happening and we find ourselves in a position where the partner doesn't want to act like a married partner and doesn't want to not be a bully and doesn't want to not be abusive, you have to make some really strong decisions. And if you are already in a, a really a mindfulness practice, you are open to, to personal revelation. We all have the resilience, but sometimes we don't feel like we have because we don't really take this time to really know who we are. Once we know who we are, we're pretty solid in making these decisions and communicating clearly and probably mending the relationship by communicating maybe it'll be a different outcome and they can mend together. Well, Dr. Sherry, I want to thank you for this most valuable sharing time. You've shared your knowledge and experience with me today, and I'm so thankful. Yeah, thank you. My takeaway from today's conversation is, number one, there are many different types of trauma, 
and they require different types of treatment. We don't need to get caught up in the names and the types. Number two is that there are many traumas and we actually have to take care of them because even though Dr. Sherry's book is about healing your marriage, it really is about healing any type of relationship and especially the ones between moms and daughters and how the parental type of bullying affects our daughters. Don't forget to look for our show notes, which are available at bullybuster.us slash trauma. Plus, we have a newsletter, and you can sign up for it at the website bullybuster.us slash newsletter. There are so many different things to look at on this website. There's even a little booklet that you can get about my triangle of triumph. Remember, bullying and trauma go hand in hand, and there are answers for healing. Thanks for listening every Wednesday to Bully Buster. You can find it at bullybuster.us. Go to Rhonda's website, bullybuster.us, to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. That's also where you'll find information about having Rhonda speak at your event or school. It's all at bullybuster.us.